I'm Danielle West. Welcome to Intentional Marriages Podcast, where we share vulnerable insights about marriage. Welcome back to part three of my conversation with Kelly Hall. What do you see in the character of Christ that you most wish were in you as well? My goodness. I read this earlier and I was thinking, I, I almost put an X by it. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to put an X mm. by it. I'm going to think through it. Patience. Mm. Patience. Mm-hmm. I guess patience and humility. Because I, I struggle the most with relating to, to people around me that I love with impatience and pride. Mm-hmm. Those two things are kind of, I always trip up over it and it puts all of these kind of stumbling blocks in the way. It's, I, I trip myself up a lot with, with those two personality flaws and it, and it filters out in so many different ways. So I wish I, I had more kind of patience and humility and um, in the way I handle my whole family, to be honest. It's a, it's a work in progress. <laughs> It's a thing that I know, and even in the even when I'm doing something, and with my pride or stubbornness, Matt will be like, "It's happening right now." Right, right. <laughs> I'm like, don't tell me that because. So I wish I had more of that. Yeah, you know the idea of anything Christ-like feels. I don't. It just daunting. It, well, and it being new in my faith too, it's like there's feels almost irreverent. Mm. Like I know that that's the pattern and that's mm-hmm. the the like aspirational model, but it's kind of like I get like tight, tight chested thinking about it. I've always loved your honesty about your walk. It's <laughs> so beautiful. Can't be anything else. Yeah, but I think when you grow up in the church and you grow up around people, you've been in the faith for so long. I almost wonder if people don't have a permission to ask questions anymore or be real or struggle with their faith or not ask questions. And that's why it was, it's always been so refreshing to me that you're like, this is exactly where I'm at. I'm not where people would hope I am or want me to be, but um, I've, I've always really appreciated your, your frankness. Thank you. With that. There's no other way to be because I had no idea even, I would know, not know how to pretend. <laughs> right. I don't really have the. <laughs> right. Which is refreshing when you come from a world of where I think people get caught up in the image of what it's supposed to be in being a Christian. And you just have walked right through past all of that and said, okay, I remember one of your first questions was, okay, now explain the Holy Spirit, Jesus and God. And I was like, oh, dear God. <laughs> Not it came. You came with a very loaded question. Well, I felt comfortable to ask you that, and I think that was the the way that I was handled. It's like you ask away, right? You give me that open door, I will ask some questions. And I'm grateful that we had a a Miriam Dolan in our group. Yeah, right. To to be our spiritual guide, I did not feel equipped to answer that. (laughs) Can you honestly say I love you, my husband, as is, without requiring anything to change? And do you ever waver on that? I mean, I feel like, because I read that question and I thought about it. And what I would like to say is, yes, that's honestly how I feel. But I feel like there's, it, <laughs> I don't know that that would be really authentic. That's that's what I, I would like to be able to say that, yes. But I think to be authentic, there's there's a certain kind of push and pull that I feel like part of this, you know, a relationship you have 
and there's shortcomings in me and my personality that sometimes in dark moments, I'll say, if, if he would just do this, then it would be better. Or in really petty arguments, I'll, I'll manipulate it to where he feels like if he improved this, it would be better. So I think I'm still doing things that are not consistent with me just saying yes, if that makes sense. But that's where I would like to be. It does. And I think the we want to answer this and say, no, I love my husband just as he is. But I do believe, you know, God made us in the image of him. So God is half man, half female. And I think we would do a disservice if we were to just shut up and be quiet and just sit back and go, okay. So for example, Russ is a very sympathetic person and I'm a very empathetic person. Hmm. He is sympathetic about a situation, but he may not feel what the person is feeling. I'm empathetic to a point where I can cry or feel sick or, I mean, I I can really step into and what Boyd calls mirror neurons. I, I can literally feel what the person's going through. So ironically, I lack sympathy in situations where Russ lacks empathy. So if we've walked through something with, let's say with somebody and they're choosing to make poor decisions, I'll lack sympathy. Hmm. But if they end up being a victim of circumstances, I can be empathetic with the situation. And so I'm learning to be more sympathetic and Russ is learning to be more empathetic. Yeah, you guys make a good team. You can just kind of fill in those gaps. Yeah. And they're kind of fit together. Because yeah. it it's so it has felt cold that he can't feel emotionally moved over something and he's thinking I'm being an extremist. <laughs> <laughs> but we need that good balance. So when I read that question, I go, Yes, I I'm very proud about who I'm married to. I respect the heck out of them. And yet there's things that I feel like I'm rubbing off on him and he's rubbing off on me. Yeah. So I think, I don't believe I'm trying to change him. I think I'm giving him another perspective, just like he's given me another perspective. That's a good point. That's a good way of looking at it. So I just, I would like to say yes to that. I just doesn't feel, it doesn't fit well, you know, right. Hearing that. Right. You know. And then the flesh part of me, I'm sure I'm trying to change him yeah. on many. <laughs> Even when I don't know I'm trying to, I feel like if I'm he trying was here, to. Yeah. He would say. <laughs> uh, yes. How would you describe the word love? That's another one I read. I was like, I don't want to, I, didn't, I wanted to put an X next to it, but I was like, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to jump in on this one because it's a, it has a lot more meaning to me since discovering my faith and learning more about it. And I think you toss the word love out so easily. I always, you know, but I think it, there's, it's very powerful and I'm more careful with it now than I used to be because you think about love being the foundation for our faith and what that means. I guess when I think about, I don't know, love being almost, I don't know. I guess it, it has more meaning, has more weight to me when I, when I say it to, to Matt, like there's more meaning behind it because of 
how it's intrinsically bound up in in my understanding of God and your experience of God being found in the the way that you love others mm. or the way you love people. So I guess I don't know if this answers the question exactly, but it, it has more meaning in the way I love my husband, the way I love my children, the way I love friends, and the way I show it to people around me, I guess. And I love hearing how your faith has deepened that for you. Yeah, it's it's changed it and presented challenges even when I think about what it means to love people. Mm-hmm. Um, even the idea of love God, love people, to, to simplify it down to that seems very kind of basic. But the real challenge of, of knowing that I feel like will be for the rest of my life trying to kind of understand it. Because it's it is simple, but yet so profound, yeah. and and not an easy easy task. And so I don't. I'm probably not going to word this right. And whenever I talk about it, Matt kind of he jokes with me um, because I was talking to Boyd one time, and he was talking about like God, and he threw out something to the effect of, you know, maybe maybe God is found in that energy exchange of love between people. It sounds very new age and very hippie, but I've wrestled with that idea in my head a lot since he said that. And I think you think about things like that. And to me, it's kind of more powerful. You might want to cut this out because it sounds like some kind of (laughs) hippie nonsense, but I think it's a very powerful word. And I love it because a lot of people don't understand why I may stay in relationships that have hurt me. And I, and I do because I want love to win. And if I stay in charge, it won't be love. It, it, it will be estrangement. And so that exchange, I, I, it can't come from me because I'm not capable. I'm too hurt. I'm too wounded that that exchange for me is, is God. Yeah. Because people are like, okay, well, this and this and this happened. How can you, and why do you stay in that? And I, I just, I, because I want love to win. And I think that love is from God. I'm glad I got to talk to you about this because it's, there, there was always a curiosity because you have a persistence and a forgiveness that like, if you watch it from the outside that I have wondered that myself even, but to, to hear why. And I wrestle with it all the time on the inside. I just want to give up. I don't want to step into it again. But what he reminds me is, not you. It's not you that has to do this. Just you, I'll do that for you. The scripture is, you can do nothing without Christ. And I'll have to look up that verse. I'm sure I quoted that correctly. We don't have Miriam here. To I'm sure you could me. just tell me different things. And I would be like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we can do all things through Christ. That's the scripture. We can do all things through Christ. So it's, that's when I lead with that, then I can do it. But when I try to do this on my own, I fail. I give up. I want to quit all the time. So I I love that you share that. Yeah. So hippie sisters. I know. I mean, <laughs> I still don't even fully understand it, but I do know that it's changed. It's something, my understanding of the word, it, it's it's changed. Mm-hmm. Or my feeling of the word is, has just changed a lot. 
would you say that you love each other more now than earlier in your marriage? Yeah, definitely. I, def- I mean, there's there's a deepness and an understanding. You know, the, the flawed person across from you um, to see those flaws and experience them, and I don't know, you know, some more someone more deeply. It's the the love is more deep, and they stick around. And that's that's one of the most amazing things about the the person I'm married to is that he knows almost every corner of my personality, like good and bad. And he's accepting of them both. Right. And I think that's really beautiful. There's a lot of comfort in finding that acceptance. And it kind of you know, makes me want to, you know, give, you know, equally in return. Right. Does it bother you that he's growing older? If, if so, what ways? No, I mean... So let's talk about the physical aspect of it because that's that's part of the question too. He's he gets more handsome. He's gonna go the more handsome route for sure. <laughs> I mean he's a handsome guy. He's got he, is. he got somehow overnight he got all this gray hair. And I'm not kidding, within three weeks he had all this gray hair. He woke up, it was all salt and pepper wow. on the side. And we're walking and I was like, Did I give you all that? That just came. Um it was right after the baby was born. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think that's that's a the physical component. He's a handsome guy, but for me, like the the emotional component is I'm enjoying getting older with him because mm-hmm. now you know, 13 years is not it's obviously not a lifetime, but it's enough to change from your 20s to your right. you know late 30s. And I like seeing the you know the the way he, he's grown in his wisdom with things, even professionally or. His ideas have changed about people or, you know, things or even children, the way he is with them. I think watching that happen with someone who's your partner is a really exciting thing to see. And that they move with you through all these life changes. Yeah. You have a partner in it. Um, I I think it's kind of exciting. I always joke with him. I can't wait to see what happens when we're, you know, 60 or 70 hanging out together. I was like, I know I will not have pants on. (laughs) <laughs> you will have to, I'm going to be the one that's a mess. You're going to have to help keep me together. Um, oh my gosh. But yeah, I think it's kind of an exciting thing. I think there's a, there's a, a lot of, I'm, I even look forward to myself. I mean, the things you learn and I don't know, I think I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah. I think I got spoiled in yeah. the last year. Russ works out like crazy now and lost 45 pounds. And I'm like, what a look at me. You know, he's all, yeah. <laughs> built and I was like oh my word like, what's going on here <laughs> he's like, like in this I'm I'm going into my 50s and 60s fighting you know so um, I mean I'm sure my stuff will hit the floor and I think that's not the most glorious part about you know getting older that I feel like I don't know I know for me personally I I like being in my late 30s better than my early 20s I like where I am and how I feel about myself and I'm enjoying that more. So I hope that that just kind of, and it shows on you. It does. It does. I'll take that. It does. I'm good. I'm glad. Yeah. It's like the inside matches the outside for you. I'm glad. Yeah. You're in a good, you're in a good place. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm happy with it. And I don't feel like it ever, I don't know. It's, you know, people, they tell that story about how, you know, your twenties and your college days are like the best times. But even in it, it never really felt like it fit well. 
that kind of like an ill-fitting suit or something. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this fits me better. I don't know how 70 or 60 will fit me, but... Right, right. One day at a time. <laughs> One day at a time. Has God put his finger on some aspect of your marriage that needs attention? What is it? And what do you believe he wants from you both? I mean, I think in in a kind of big picture of you, I think God's put us together because we present perfect challenges to each other's kind of shortcomings. I mean, it is obviously no accident because, you know, we're, we have to, it brings everything into sharp focus. Mm-hmm. Just even on a small scale, my lack of patience combined with someone who moves slower than most, <laughs> than most anyone does. It's like that, even that little exercise, it's, I'm learning, um, to kind of slow down uh, my impatience and my impulsivity so that I can learn to kind of take things in. And, you know, he's prone, he's even told me he's kind of prone to kind of being removed or pulling away from people and my kind of, you know, social aspect that kind of pulls him out of his shell. So it's, it's interesting how, I don't know if this is an answer to this question specifically, but it's like our, our shortcomings or our personality differences kind of pull out mm-hmm. the other and, and kind of challenge us in that. So mm-hmm. feels like it's a good fit. I, I only say that now because we're not in the midst of some argument that's no. been created <laughs> from that spark. Right. Um, like for, financially, I mean, I am a, I'm a free spender. I mean, I'm the type of person I would light a dollar on fire just for the beauty of the flame or whatnot. <laughs> and he drinks when we're at a restaurant he will not walk. He hates what I tell this. He will not walk away from the table if there's tea in his glass because he's got to get his last drink of tea. So he's very frugal, and I'm a huge free spender. And it's even on that kind of small level, it's like we have to learn. I've had to come closer to where he is, and he's had to kind of release a little bit. So it's you know, yeah, I love how we sharpen each other. Yeah, and it's we're definite opposites. We cannot mm-hmm. be more opposite in so many things so yeah and Russ and I are closely aligned but we still challenge each other yeah so I think like you just answered the challenges is what helps sharpen each other do you work together spiritually to your satisfaction and what could improve that yeah I mean we're still learning that you know because I'm I'm new in in my faith and he has he he grew up with it so it's still kind of something that we're working on together. I think even like the praying together, like I've still n- not done that. Like I still feel like it's, there's still a discomfort with it. Sure. But it's a work in progress, I, I think, of kind of growing. Okay. So talk, because there's a lot of people that are uncomfortable praying. I mean, we have many mm-hmm. couples that have come through Thrive married 30 years, how do you start praying with each other? It's just yeah. awkward at that point. So what's, what's one thing that knowing how uncomfortable it makes you feel, what's one thing that you could do that would help you that might give other people ideas? I, I wish I knew. Um, I think probably it would be a short prayer. Right. I think brevity would be a good start. Because I also get this, there's this intimidation thing. I feel like if I start praying with someone, there's this burden of um, commitment and like we really have to jump in. So that's kind of why I shied away from it. So that, I mean, if I, if I had to tell myself 
to get started, it might be just a kind of short prayer. And you know, the Lord's prayer is 12 seconds long. And so I, I'm very, very, um, defensive about something being long and flowery or that any words are needed. Like where's the whole part about, you know, listening. We don't need to be talking the whole time. That's something that I've really learned this year is just being quiet and trying to learn to listen. So my big thing is when, when we share with couples and they're like, yeah, we don't pray out loud and that's not going to happen is even hearing your own voice. That's is just getting over. That is sharing one sentence about what you're thankful for. It could be something you're thankful for that day, that week, but just getting used to hearing yourself say it and then removing any of the tensions of it having to be this, you know, I think some people are gifted and skilled in that and mm-hmm. that we shouldn't expect, just like Andy says, we don't all have the same gifts and, and skills, right? I mean, we are uniquely gifted and we shouldn't place on everyone where you should be able to do this and pray out loud. I think we have to stay very true to what he's given us. But I think there's power against, you know, the, the awful things that happen in this world against the enemy that when it says two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there with them. Now, I haven't done a huge study on prayer and don't know, you know, but I know that there's power in prayer, especially with spouses. And, and so that would be my recommendation is to get to a place where you can say one thing and keep it simple and take away the tension of it having to be this long flowery grand kind of speeches or whatever. I think, I think if I probably let Nat start that I might be more comfortable with it because he's, Mm -hmm. he's comfortable in that. So it might be a good place for him to kind of lead. I've resisted it and he's asked to do it before. And I've been like, I'm not comfortable with it. We'll do it some other time. When when I stopped for a while and started back up with Russ, it was extremely uncomfortable. But one thing I did was while he was praying, obviously he has this train of thought and I would mention somebody's name and I would just throw out their name and he would, it would remind him to pray about them and their situation. Hmm. But I would just give him a name or I would say like he's, he'll be praying for me and I'll be like, and for my husband as well. And I I could only give a few words, you know, just in that initial time of, you know, praying out loud together again. So I did with what I was comfortable with and it was very small and just a few words at a time because that's all I had in me. Okay. And he was great at reading with one word. I think I could do that. I think I could start with one word. (laughs) Yeah. So for example, he was praying about this guy who's been out of work for the past year. And it made me think about another friend of mine that's out of work and he knew about her situation. So I just mentioned her name and said, Oh, and please, you know, and then he went on and prayed for her. So that could be a way to jointly pray out loud with Matt. Okay. Maybe with one word to start. Right. I think I can do that. I think I can do that. Start with one word. <laughs> Keep it simple. Maybe a sound. <laughs> Tune in next week to wrap up our conversation with Kelly Hall. Want some more insight on how to strengthen your marriage? You can find new blogs posted every week and a new live monthly webinar 
just go to intentionalmarriages.net. That's intentionalmarriages with an S dot net, N-E-T. Thank you and stay intentional.